Welcome to another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. Mikey is on the ones and twos behind the virtual glass. Big shout out to him. Uh, this is our inside Hard Knocks edition of the show with friend of show, Ken Rogers. Ken Rogers is an Emmy award-winning documentary filmmaker, the vice president of NFL Films, show head of Hard Knocks on HBO, director of multiple ESPN 30 for 30 films, including uh, classics like The Two Bells, Dion's Double Play. How you doing today, Ken? I'm doing great, Brad. It's always great to talk with you. Yeah. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We've been doing this every year for a number of years now, and I find it very fitting that on the day that you're on this year is the return of Freddie Kitchens to Cleveland today. Did you know that? <laughs> uh, Coach Kitchens uh, and, and Cleveland, yeah, I mean, they go together, don't they? Uh, Hard Knocks has has characters uh, that will always be remembered. He's one of them, and you you sometimes you can't remember them in any other uh, colors other than certain colors. And I'll never uh, I'll never think of Freddie Kitchens uh, without that without that Cleveland uh, logo on a shirt. So it it definitely works. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, Pittsburgh sucks T-shirt, and he, I mean, he was. <laughs> He was quite a gem. And, you know, uh, that scene and then, you know, the year of the Browns, of course, we love. I still watch the Jarvis Landry scene. Uh, it's contagious, brah, which takes on a whole nother meaning now that we've had a global pandemic. But, uh, yeah, but that stuff is uh, is great. I actually want to go back with you, Ken, to last year because I spoke to you last year right at the beginning of the show and you were taking on the two teams at once and it was the start of the pandemic and and you were had had i think you were done with like the first episode but it hadn't aired yet when i spoke to you and you were like listen this is just going to be so much of the season is going to be who can just make it to the end a war of attrition and you were right sir and you nailed it and even better and and i, I want to say this about your your show last year and you i want to get your thoughts on it I mean, when you look back at it, what an accomplishment, right? Like they were incredible five, you know, five hours of incredible coverage of two NFL teams in the middle of a global pandemic. I mean, and what a what a history like in history, like people are there's no other reference, historical historical reference, pardon me, to go back and say, how did they play NFL football in the year 2020 during the middle of a, a global pandemic? But you guys filmed it and shot it, and the social injustice stuff became a part of the show, and you handled that so well. Uh, you have to be incredibly proud of what you guys did last year. Incredibly proud, and it's so different. It, it, it will go down as so different. I, I feel like people are so happy that it's over um, that type of off season, and I hope it never comes back. It certainly... You know the pandemic isn't over, and and, no. and those restrictions aren't over <laughs> for us. We're we're shooting this year six feet away, and there's there's testing and there's all that. But certainly last year was right in the center of it, and it was very difficult. Um, and I think historically, I mean, I, I don't think I'll be around for it at NFL Films, but twenty years from now or something, someone's going to do a thirty for thirty type documentary on that summer. 
Um, whether it's just football or whether it's all of sports, they've done a couple already, and that's sort of the look what just happened. But the look back of how football dealt with it, and I think better than, than all the other sports, I mean, that, that we had no an entire season, that we were out on the field, that we had a Super Bowl. Um, I, I tell you, I didn't really expect that it would go that well uh, when we spoke last year right before <laughs> preseason. Yeah, I mean, we were we were about to start a preseason where there was going to be no games. There was going to be um, <clears throat> two weeks at the start of training camp with no practices. So I'm thinking, I I don't know how this is going to go. This this, I mean, it's starting off not looking very optimistic, and we ended up not missing a game, and that's yep. pretty incredible for the NFL. I I think I think they did a pretty great job, and I but I do think that that training camp time period was one of real concern and, and flux. And we didn't, I tell you, we didn't know what was going to happen. I know the chargers and Rams didn't know what was going to happen. Then you, as you said, you throw in the, the national uh, social injustice movements. And I mean, the, you know, the country was just sort of wobbly and it, to, to be recording right then at that time with two different franchises, that footage isn't really about football no you know that is a capturing of a of a group of people it's not even a workplace drama it, it's a, a it's capturing an american piece of history a, a place in time uh that people are going to look back on you know, we're still in the middle of it in so many ways yeah, it's a time uh, capsule. Yeah. People are going to look back 20, 50, maybe 100 years from now and say, let's gather all the footage of that that moment where history turned left instead of right. And we have no idea the repercussions of what will emerge out of 2020, 2019, 2020, 2021, the things that, are, the things that we're still wrapped up in, whether it's national politics or, or – uh, national pandemic or the national um, s- social injustice movements, and there's so much stuff going on to to capture something like that. I think we're really proud that we were able to shoot it, given all the restrictions that were in place. Yeah, absolutely, incredibly. Uh, that, that's amazing. And uh, um, I wanted to ask you: there's so many unintended consequences that came away from the pandemic, right? Like people working at home. So much now is done over Zoom that people just realize, hey, we can do this instead of driving two hours or whatever. And a lot of that is an unintended consequence of that happening. Was there any unintended consequences that like you guys came away with that you're like, hey, this is actually a better way to do this? Is there anything that from all of that that you guys that made the show better for you moving forward? I don't know about better, but definitely un, uh, unknown and surprising ways to work. Yeah. I, I bet it probably happened throughout uh, throughout the country and that we didn't speak in person to each other once last year. Not, not one person on the crew was able to be together on the post-production side. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to have a wife when we moved into this house, I said, there's one room I really, really, really want to build out. And that's my office. I really want to 
you know, have like a library type office. And she allowed me to build this room <laughs> that's yeah. behind me. And lo and behold, I got to really use it yeah, you know, in the last for sure. few years. And I got to sit here all of last year and run the show from right here. And it was, it, it was really odd and, and but really unexpected. You know, there was a big part of me that thought this isn't going to work. Like how, how can, how can I sit here and there's 120 people working on this show and I'm supposed to make this work with everyone working on computers yeah. at their own homes and all of this. Ha ha I know technology is great, but this isn't going to work. And, right. and the engineers are just as great as the filmmakers at NFL Films and it worked. And, um, you know, we're back to we're being in the office now. But what's great is it's allowed us to take that technology and use it for things that we never knew we could do. And so now when someone's on the road and is directing something, we used to just say, okay, well, that good luck. You know, yeah. now that director can say, hey, I, I want to have a call about this scene or this shot and we can get together and you know, Zoom didn't exist in my head three years ago. Yeah. Now we can talk to each other and they can say, hey, here's the shot. What do you think? And, oh, okay, great. You know, I can, yeah. be, I can be at the supermarket and go, yeah, I think you should frame a little bit wider. And you know, that's, <laughs> that can be a negative. You don't get away from work. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the technology has allowed things to, to open up to us to where you can use it in ways that we would have never come up with or wouldn't have come up with as quickly if not for the pandemic. Incredible, incredible stuff uh, uh, last year. And, and as you said to me, off air, you're still dealing with it this year, uh, I'm sure. Uh, you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. This is our special inside uh, HBO's Hard Knocks uh, episode with Emmy Award winning Ken Rogers. He's the show head uh, of Hard Knocks and has been for how many years? All of them, right? Uh, all of them since 07. So I wasn't the show head in, in 2000, 2001. Okay. So, uh, this, this is, I guess this is year, uh, uh, 14, 15. Boy, I lose count. Wow. I mean, okay. It, the years run together. So of all those years, and this is the third time you've done the Cowboys, right? It, it is. Okay. Do you have a favorite, not a favorite organization, but a favorite place to go Maybe you like their accommodations or just the weather or do you have a favorite place to go of all the places you've been? Well, you want me to say Cleveland, right? No, no, I don't no. want you to say Cleveland. No, no, you're yeah. good. You're good. <laughs> um, you know, a, a lot of it has to do with, um, to me, the visuals of the, yeah. uh, of the show yeah. and the colors uh, of the team and I have always had for some reason a real fondness maybe it's because it was my first show that I but that I ran of the red of the Kansas City Chiefs sure when sure. When, when we started uh, the show back up after a after a hiatus when when we had that red against the green grass and the blue sky it it really was 
it just felt kind of so vibrant you know yeah. that 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 color that chief's red pops so well that i always felt like wow this is this is alive you know this is incredible yeah so yeah. i think training camp is really really grueling and most shows feel that way um you, you just feel like boy everything's drained out of you <laughs> and yeah a lot of the colors are kind of, you know, okay, yeah, oof, you know, um, everyone's wearing white or dark or, you know, it's, uh, boy, it's tired. <laughs> um, and I, th I, th Kansas City just felt to me like an a, a, a fun, alive type of thing. And I, it probably has to do in my memory with the fact that it was so new for me. But I always think back to that, to that as being the high point of the um, enjoyment where I, I would like to go back and say, well, that, that's when it was, that's when camp was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It certainly has changed over the years. The NFL has changed camp and, and you guys right. have had to adapt, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this season. We've got the Dallas Cowboys. Now they're out in California and I guess I didn't realize that. Where, where is it in California? Ken, uh, well, me. they were in Oxnard, California, okay. and for episode three, they'll be back in uh, their headquarters, which is in Frisco, right. uh, Texas, right outside of Dallas. Now, you guys shot the scene um, in episode two with Demarcus Lawrence. Is that normal? Are they allowed to ha allowed to have their families there? Their families can come out. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, they can have in um, like live there nearby. Um, at, in homes so that they can visit once in a while on uh, um, you know off time and off nights and Demarcus's family came out for I think uh, an extended long weekend yeah so you know it's for veterans I think that's something where hey, I'm gonna be especially if you live in Dallas yeah <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah. out by the ocean yeah. why don't you guys come out for a couple days you know I can't spend much time with you but why don't we get a house near the beach and you can take the kids and play around on the beach. And when I can join you, we'll get to spend family time. But even when I can't, you know, it's a nice vacation for you. For sure. For sure. Definitely. All right. So I want to talk about Jerry Jones because, you know, the show starts off and it's great. And, and everybody loves Jerry. And you probably know Jerry pretty well. I don't know. I, I don't know how well you know him. Do you have any crazy stories for Jerry that you can share? If you know Jerry Jones, you have crazy stories. Yes, because yeah. Jerry Jones uh, is one of the best uh, people to hang around. One of the most genuine people. One of the most giving people, um, and, and has lived an incredible life. Um, yeah, he has. So the show starts off with him kind of saying some crazy things, right? So he's at the podium, Ken, and he says, "I'll do anything known to man to get back to the, to the Super Bowl." Which, it, it, it's funny when, because I, I, I watched that part of, of the episode twice, uh, episode one twice, but uh, it's funny because Coach McCarthy starts to kind of look at him, right? And you guys got the angle where McCarthy's kind of looking at him, and he's kind of smiling, but he's kind of like, what is Coach talking about? Because then he goes on to say, uh, you know, he talks about how he's more driven and he's a little scared, like he was in the beginning, but that causes him, quote, causes him to do stupid things or excessive things that sometimes really work. 
<laughs> which I thought is hilarious and is very Jerry Jones. But McCarthy's kind of looking at him out of the corner of his eye. It's a really funny scene. I thought it was great. I think um, I think what we're seeing is is just a a, a transition into a, a a man into his senior years who who recognizes I don't have all that much time left. I'm yeah. sure he has plenty of time left. I mean, he's Jerry Jones. I don't think he he'll ever leave us. The I mean, who, who's going to yeah. bring that man down? But yeah, it, you know, he doesn't have forever like not like any of us do don't have forever and uh, you know i think at a certain point you look back and you start seeing what things worked what things didn't and i think it seemed to me he was particularly reminiscent that day because of the jimmy johnson uh hall of fame ceremony upcoming and there was a lot of uh emotion in thinking back to the championships he had won and it, and it brought up positive emotions about all those great times of which there's been so many um and the things that haven't gone right and he's been right in the middle of them all and you know when you think about that it's it's uh, i would believe it is emotional you know it's like all of our lives but think about it as a hundredfold he's gone through ups that are higher than almost anyone has ever experienced in, in America. And I, I would bet that makes the downs feel even worse than anyone, you know, can feel. Uh, so I, I bet he's gone through a lot emotionally and, and he's probably, uh, you know, willing to go through what has, what he has to go through to feel that up again. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Uh, from him and then you know you, the show sets up at, at the beginning as well and you guys set up the Dak Prescott story which is a really great story um, intriguing story you guys had a really tough year right uh, family wise his injury but then it ends okay for him as somehow he flips the script and the injury makes them realize how much they do need to pay him he gets paid right and it kind of works in reverse for him uh, he gets the payday finally. He has the security finally. He goes out on the field, and right away, you know, in the early portion of the first episode, he strains his shoulder. And the weirdest thing I thought about it is he doesn't even want to leave the field. He won't go in and get it checked. He doesn't want to go get it checked out. He doesn't want to go get treatment. Coach McCarthy has to go over to him and ask him to go in and get it checked out and get treatment. Very odd behavior, don't you think? I don't think odd. I think... I. I every um every super competitive person that i've been around in the nfl has to really figure out how to walk that line yeah um you know at at the at the same time he had to be pulled back he also knows when to stop when he he could have kept going yeah so he, he you know he and he got credit for that from coach and you know at least he stopped he knew don't push it i mean for all we know if he didn't stop it would have been a really serious injury and would have got worse so hey maybe maybe dak is in, incredibly smart for knowing when to stop yeah um, it really is a fine line for these for these men because they didn't get to where they are by saying, "Oh boy, I'm, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna stop." 
they I mean they got to where they are by having pushing drive it. yeah to overcome mentally and physically things that other that other people just get broken down by um, among other things like talent and intelligence and all that but they have to push through a lot of stuff and then at the same time they have to be smart enough to not push it too far it's a real tough line um, and uh, you know uh, I feel for people who have to walk that line that's I, I don't know when you when you cross it and when you don't and I think you saw a quarterback trying to negotiate that line in, in episode one yeah, really interesting uh, that you're right, that he did stop as he was throwing to Zeke. And you could almost hear him, he was kind of like, ah, like what's wrong? You know, he kind of, he, like he knew something was up, but then he, and then he didn't want to go get treatment. It was just, yeah, you're right. He was kind of navigating it, I guess, mentally. He seems like a tremendous human being. Uh, at least he comes across that way in, in the way that it's been shot so far. And I think that's really cool. And he'll be fun to watch through the whole series uh, as he has been so far. Uh, a couple questions real quick here that I had, you know, some more stuff on the show, but that I had some people ask me to ask you, and I think I've asked you this before, but it's worth revisiting. So from shooting to edit to Sunday night, they want to know that timeline. Like, but I, I think I know the answer. You guys are editing right up to the moment it airs, right? Yeah. I mean, look, right now there's 25 people editing on the show, like right now. Yeah. Um, and, and there is, you know, almost around the clock. So what we do is as the show um, is airing on Tuesday night, we have finished shooting day one of the following of the next show. Um, Tuesday is basically the end of one show. It airs that night. And but that morning we begin shooting the following show. So everything that happens up through Monday night generally airs Tuesday. Sometimes um, that changes. In episode one this year, we, we felt like it was good to end at the Hall of Fame game. And, you know, we it depends if something feels like it should be in the future episode or not. But if there was something dramatic that happened even on Tuesday morning that we felt, oh, this is newsworthy and it needs to be in this episode because it can't wait till next week uh, well, that's going in that night um and we're we're prepared uh, to put it in the show that night uh we have we have ways to feed the footage instantly from camp, from any camp from any stadium in the nfl um actually um straight to nfl films headquarters straight into these machines i have uh, an editing machine here. Other people have editing machines where they're working. I can begin working on footage and see what happened, um, at, uh, you know, the last hour out at camp and begin editing with it. And we shoot 400 hours over the course of the week. And all of us are working on that material and getting it down to size, the, the 25 to 30 person editing crew that that cuts it down the size and and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and the key is trying to keep it smaller and smaller and just um, separating the wheat from the chaff and and we get it down by the end of uh you know the the week from tuesday to friday to saturday to about three hours 
and we say, okay, this is about what's good so far, and we know we still have some stuff that might happen, um, what's the best of this three hours? Because now we've got to cut it from three hours to one hour, and then then we have to figure out what order does it go in to yeah. make the TV show because that's great that that's the best stuff, but how does it go like this and tell the story and be um, interesting? And how do you weave it together with the narration of Lee F. Schreiber? So the real crunch time is, is really Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, till about uh, Tuesday, five o'clock when it leaves our building five hours before air. And that's when there's no room for error. That's when, yeah. That, that's when you're making decisions, and you're living with them. It's huh. we're gonna go with this. Go, and there, you don't have time to debate about it and say, well, I don't know. Let's come back tomorrow and we'll figure that one out. Uh, no, hey, we we have a decision right now. Are we going to are we gonna edit it like this or that? Are we gonna go with scene A or scene B? And that's it. Scene A, good. Yes, go. And mm. you got to trust your instincts. And there's no right answer. You know, a lot of people will be like, well, I thought you should have went with scene B. Yeah, maybe. I, but we had to choose. It, it had nothing to do with, you know, sitting around and debating. You know, maybe yeah. it was 51 to 49%. Yeah. But the need to decide is greater than the need to sit there and debate the small percentages of. Uh, you know, what might be the greater path. You have to just trust your instincts and decide and say, you know what, they're both really good paths. They're both going to work in the show. <clears throat> so maybe it it doesn't really matter. The key is being committed to one path or the other, and we're committed to this path. Let's go. That's incredible. It's totally worth asking that question again. I love your answer on that every time. Incredible. And I, I made did make the mistake. I said Sunday. I meant Tuesday. And and you guys have a podcast now, have you? Which is affiliated with the show. Which Peter Schrager does. Have you been on Peter's podcast? I think you were last year, right? I was. I was. Okay. I, I hope he keeps getting uh, better guests so that that uh, he doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel and get to me. Oh come but, on, uh, stop he it! Does, he does a <laughs> he does a great job. Uh, he's a fan of the show. Um, yeah, which you know always humbles me when when you and him and anyone is a fan of the show. Uh, you know, we're just a bunch of. Um, <laughs> we still consider ourselves a bunch of kids. Uh, you know, I'm I'm in my late forties and. I think because we all grew up working for Steve Sable, we all consider ourselves a bunch of kids in in uh, in South Jersey working uh, at NFL Films making movies. You know, it's a, it's a, it feels like a very youthful thing of like, well, we don't know what we're doing. We're just playing around. You know, it's kind of a I don't know. We're kind of just playing around with some stuff. And yeah, well, a lot of people are paying attention to this, and we yeah. try to not think about that because then you get all nervous, but it's really not a big deal to us. It's, it's just fun. You know, we're just, we're, we love football. We love football players. Steve taught us to love the game and, and, and love the practices and just love telling the stories of the game. And um, it's just in our blood and, and people seem to feel the same way about it as we do. 
And so when we just make the films for us, when we just make hard knocks because we're like, oh, this will be cool because because we'll like it. Like we'll we'll often tell the story. It'll be it'll be fun. And other people feel the same way and enjoy it. We're like, oh, it's like our friends like the thing we put together for our little Facebook group. But that <laughs> Facebook group is three million people who like the show. You're like, oh, yeah. wow, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's wild. Uh, you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, special guest Ken Rogers, Emmy Award-winning documentary filmmaker, vice president of NFL Films, show head of Hard Knocks and H. Uh, on HBO, as well as director of a multitude of ESPN 30 for 30 films, as well as anything really NFL films has to do with you have your hand in at this point, probably, right? Uh, I wouldn't say have my hand in, but boy, I'm aware. We just keep doing more and more stuff, you know? So so I got to ask you, they they come out with these year in review, or, or each team's, like, summary of their season, right? The Browns just came out, presented by NFL Films, and it was fantastic. I, I mean, Browns fans love it. Did you did you have a hand in that, or did you give that the green light, or no? No, I did not. Um, I mean, look, we have a team of, of 60 producers at NFL yeah. Films, so we yeah. have lots of talented uh, producers that make those highlight films. And, you know, we, we go from, from those highlight films, um, you know, to Hard Knocks. We produce um, – we've produced the all or nothing series for Amazon. We, we yep. created that series uh, uh, on Amazon. A lot of people don't know it, but the entire Peyton's places series on ESPN really done by us. Um, and, and the expansion series, the e- Eli's places, uh, which is the college expansion of that. Uh, and there's multiple other sports that are coming out that are spinoffs of Peyton's places. Cause it's been so successful. Um, you know, we produce Inside the NFL on Showtime, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to um, switch over to, to streaming this year. Um, we have we do episodes of Detail, uh, which was the Kobe Bryant show that now oh, Peyton, wow. Manning, yeah, absolutely. Peyton Manning does the football version of. I mean, the, the amount of things we do are so massive that people don't realize because while we produce it, you know, it's for a network. Like, there's there's a lot of people, and we're we're great with it. That just think hard knocks, and they say, "Oh yeah, that show that HBO makes." That is perfectly fine with us. You know, Steve always taught us, "Yeah, that's that's what they pay us for is to make people sign up for HBO." That I mean, that's sort of the trade off is we get to show the NFL on their platform, and in return, people who love the NFL will sign up for HBO. That's how business works. And we get to make our movies. That's, that's, that's fine. And yeah, uh, we're great um, in that partnership. We feel great about that partnership. So the highlight films air on, uh, you know, on Fox, then they yeah. air on NFL network and they stay in our rotation forever. You'll see them 20 years from now on during the summer, you know, like yep. replaying on NFL network or, They'll be available on some, whatever the next technology is, they'll be available on, on the holographic uh, screen that your kids are going to play <laughs> with in you know, 10 years. Who knows? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so Browns fans, huge fans of that, so that's awesome, right? Uh, I know that that has gotten great reviews. All right, so uh, 
as far as and you've mentioned Steve Sable a couple times I'm guessing you were in Canton right because he was inducted into the Hall of Fame and this was probably a pretty meaningful trip for you right so um, I, I wasn't there for Canton he actually had his official induction early in May where uh, a okay. bunch of NFL films representatives were there. They, they inducted the deceased members uh, okay. in May and then had a shorter ceremony um, this weekend uh, in, in August. Yeah. Um, and it was, yes, it was super meaningful. It was, um, I was with Steve and Ed uh, f- behind the scenes filming um, when Ed went into the Hall of Fame uh, in, in 2011, which ended up being, uh, not, not, but, a, a year or so before Steve passed away. So, um, I was there when that moment happened and, and Steve just thought that was the greatest thing that ever happened because <laughs> to him, his father was NFL films yeah. and to us and, and my generation, it, it's the greatest thing that Steve got into the hall of fame because to us, Steve was NFL films. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Um, I have to ask this question. Why does... Okay, you mentioned him earlier. Liev Schreiber narrates the show. I'm a huge fan of Ray Donovan, right? Why does he sound completely different on the show than he does? is Is that his acting voice? Does he actually sound like he does when he does your show? Or is it somewhere in between? Does he narrate in a certain voice? He's got a narration voice. Okay. He's a that you know, there's a a spoken word narrator voice that is a, a more serious. Yeah. If you put them back to back, you'd say, "Oh, I can see how it's the same person." Okay. It's more the tone than the voice. It's yeah. how he says things. And he actually really sees the narrator of Hard Knocks as a character yeah like he he has said at times i don't think the character would say that <laughs> you know i mean th- that's how i mean he really feels like the that's person awesome. who is bringing you along in yeah. the, the hard knocks world and telling you about these players has a certain perspective that they wouldn't cross the line and give you an opinion they would stay just far enough back to say, here's what's going on, but I'm not going to insert myself and say too much opinionated. I'm going to stay here. Uh, you know, I'm going to have a point of view that is omniscient, but also a little bit um, funny and, and sarcastic. You know, he has, all, he, he has this character that, it's the character, we, yeah. Our writer Jerry Rimel and he have created where you you hear a line and you go, yeah, that's a hard knocks line because you just know, like, yeah, that that sounds like hard knocks. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, true to the brand, true to the character. It's, I mean, he's perfect for it, right? I mean, you yeah. couldn't have. I mean, it's amazing. So episode two was awesome. You introduced some new characters. Uh, Aiden Durday, which is like the reverse Ted Lasso, right, like theme. And he even mentions that in it, which is which is very intriguing. And he seemed like an incredible coach. Uh, Kamara is going to be an intriguing uh, character just because of the size aspect of it. Yeah. He's really fighting uphill size-wise as an edge. Uh, and what a crushing blow he makes that play at the end of the game. 
and and they you know due to the false start it doesn't go in the books uh i was very intrigued that at the joint practices which are going on in, in which i'm also covering in cleveland right now with the giants and the browns but with the joint practices with uh the team you covered last year which i'm sure was nice that the rams and the cowboys did it together but the guy mixing it up is maybe the best player in the nfl uh aaron donald right he's the guy causing the trouble and uh and i thought that was pretty uh, ironic well it's the same same thing as dak he tries to walk the line between going all out because that's how yep. he got to where he is and making sure he doesn't go all out in all situations to kill somebody in exactly. practice because he who, who wants he to mess with Aaron Donald on a level higher than everyone else. He just does. I mean, he's Aaron Donald. He is a monster. He is. He he is. It was scary. I was like, oh my gosh, I would. That is that is wild that he is mixing it up like that right now. Because you would you could tell he was just something clicked. He was going. <laughs> uh, it was wild. Yep. So, first two episodes have been amazing. Uh, you're always fantastic to talk to. Thank you so much for your time, Ken. Uh, you, you know, I could talk to you for hours, ask you questions for hours, but uh, I, I, I take it you're enjoying this season. It feels it feels like around the Cowboys, and you can tell me if this is right, or, there feels like there's a lot of internal pressure for success right now. And I know that's always there with them, but it almost feels like Jerry's kind of really ramped that up. Do you feel that? You know, there's pressure every year. I'm not going to say there's pre- there there's there there's teams that don't have pressure because there's always pressure. Uh, but but you can feel a, cer- a certain different type of pressure this year. Um, you know, it's not all that different from from the pressure when we were in Cleveland. You know, you right. have a, you have the focus on a quarterback. Everyone's like, come, come on, this we need this to work. Um, you know, it was a it was a rookie in Baker when we were there. It was uh, it, it's it's an injury return here. You got okay, got a great receiving core. Okay, that's great. Got a great receiving core. Let's make it work. You know, you got yeah. a coach that people are saying, okay, that let's you've proved it in the past, but let's prove it here. Let's let's uh, let, let's go for it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces in place, which we really felt when we were in Cleveland, and you can really feel in the Cowboys roster. You look on the roster, you say, "Well, this looks pretty good," you know. And I'm sure Jerry feels the same way, and you know, uh, the coach, coach, coaching staff, Mike McCarthy feel the same way, and everything's set up, but it really doesn't matter till you do it, and. Um, and that's what training camp is for is getting ready to do it and yep. um you can you can sense the tension of not necessarily that they have to do it now but it's coming and it doesn't really help the tension racket down when you open the season on the kickoff Thursday night game against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in Tampa which is what it the doesn't. Cowboys do yep Yep, Thursday night. First, doesn't calm your nerves. <laughs> first game of the season. Because they keep saying there are X amount of days till the season, right? And I'm going, wait a minute, the Browns aren't. Oh, oh yeah, Thursday night. I'm going, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's before everybody else. And th- this off-season schedule is so weird, too, with the three off-season games the week in between. And then, especially for them, they started earlier. 
So yeah, it, it's a, it's a weird off season schedule. It'll be, it's very intriguing. The characters are great and everything. Uh, it, it, it looks uh, like it's going to be a fantastic season. I'm all in as usual. Uh, Ken, thank you so much for your time. Ken Rogers is the vice president of NFL Films. He's an Emmy Award winning documentary filmmaker, the show head of Hard Knocks on HBO, director of ESPN 30 for 30 films, uh, Two Bills, Dion's Double Play. They go on and on. There's a bunch of them. Uh, he is, his works are all amazing and, and it's truly incredible uh, the chance that we got to talk to you. Thank you so much, Ken. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I look forward to, to talking about Hard Knocks next year. We'll see who it is. Every year, Ken. Thank you so much. All right. Incredible every time. Uh, Ken Rogers, uh, the showrunner of Hard Knocks. And, you know, to have him on the show, uh, and it goes back with him to when it was, this was another show called the Brown Scout Podcast and with me and Scott uh, Dryden. And, and uh, he goes back to doing shows with us, but... Ken is a uh, incredible, incredible guy, and in, in his insight into—I mean—he's been the guy in charge of Hard Knocks for all these years, and we had him on the Browns year, of course. And he—it was—I thought that it was fitting that Freddie was back in town just when, just when I had him on this year. But it, you know, Hard Knocks is such a tremendous show, and. Uh, Really, everything that he do, he does is tremendous. If you had the time to sit down and talk to him, and Scott gets into has gotten into this more with him than I did, but you know the ESPN thirty thirty for thirties that he's done the two bills, and you know he, he they they did the produce the uh, anniversary show for the NFL, which had Belichick on and everything, and uh, you know he. He's the one that's done all that and produced all that and and interesting stuff about the how it'll come down to making a decision on clip A or clip B for Hard Knocks is just really incredible. And Ken is an awesome human being, um, incredibly talented, but an awesome human being and so gracious with his time that he comes on he comes on every year and it's fantastic. Uh, so big thanks to him and tune into Hard Knocks on Tuesday nights on HBO uh, on Wednesday night they've got a podcast with Peter Schrager and he has a guest on to talk about the show as well uh, and uh, yeah so you know the two of them combined they hit it from more than one angle they have a guest on with Peter Schrager on Wednesday nights and and together uh, they make for great great stuff and in the inside look there at the Cowboys and you can, you can tell he's fond of his season in Cleveland the jokes about kitchens and the Landry it's contagious speech and everything so uh, good stuff from Ken, as always. Today, uh, quickly here, we will hit on, and, and hopefully while you're watching uh, the Hard Knock special, you can hit the uh, like button and the subscribe button for more tremendous content like we're bringing you today. But, you know, a little break from 
the Brown stuff, but while we're taking a break from the Brown stuff, they were joint practice with the Giants for a big day of football out there, important day of football out there. Some highlights, real quickly. Uh, the Browns, from, by, from all accounts of people that I trust, dominated both sides of the ball. So, excellent, right? Tremendous. I mean, what else can you say, but uh, that's amazing and uh, great news. They're there. all eyes on Cleveland. We here, yeah. So, good stuff there. Um, we talked last night's show a lot about roster updates and, and the 53. A couple things we'll bring to point on that, but dominating day for Jarvis Landry, who had highlight after highlight, as well as David Njoku, who had an incredible day. Baker was tremendous, 14 of 18, a touchdown in the team drills. Uh, also threw a touchdown um, in the two-minute drill. Uh, it was kind of a Hail Mary, t- short, shorter Hail Mary throw. It looked, was about to get sacked, and Higgins caught the ball, uh, touchdown, red carpet. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Greedy with a nice pass breakup, probably the best play of his camp so far. Uh, and Greg Newsom with an interception to end practice. So he intercepts uh, Daniel Jones to end practice in their two-minute drill. So uh, he should have had another interception earlier in the practice on a sliding play. where he, So he could have had two picks. Really, really good stuff from Newsom. Uh, Jeremiah Wilson-Koromoa didn't disappoint, you know, flying all over the field. No tackling. So there's only a certain amount of this and that. You got Shippy for a moment, uh, strangely enough, with Greedy Williams' brother, Rodarius Williams, and JoJo Natson. Got into it a little bit for a moment, but not much else. Uh, both sides uh, taking care of each other in a very productive day of practice, but one that, from all accounts, the Browns dominated on both sides of the ball. As far as, real quickly, as far as roster updates, as we looked at the roster last night, a couple things to note. They mentioned it on Browns Live today, uh, the coverage, Ken Carmen and Nathan Zagura, and I'm going to have Nathan Zagura tomorrow for a couple minutes. So we'll post that on the podcast so you can get that interview with me and him. I mean, right now I've got him. He's a busy man, so i got him lined up tomorrow morning, uh, hopefully for a quick interview, and we'll get that up on the podcast with Zagura. But talking about the roster, fourth tight end. Something I really didn't take into account. I kind of said, hey, Carlson's gone. They're probably not going to fill that role. They're going to roll with three. My 53 had three tight ends on it. They're talking fourth tight end, which now you're talking Jordan Franks or Connor Davis. Or there's a number of tight ends around the league that may get cut. Um, So something to keep an eye on there. Is that, do they want to carry four tight ends? They do a lot of stuff with tight ends. They do a lot of bigger, heavier personnel. Um, and tight end is a position that Kevin Stefanski is fond of and wants to use a lot. So will they go four? I don't know. I, I think they'll certainly go three and carry one on the practice squad. Uh, and I think that's enough. But they mentioned on Browns Live today that they thought they could carry four. So I thought that was worth bringing up because my 53 only had three on it, uh, which uh, you can see uh, on, the, on the website uh, once you become a member uh, of my fluctuating 53-man roster. And you can watch last night's show where we kind of broke it all down. The other question is, and it, kinda, it came to fruition today, is 
coach said they were going to use Felton in that running back role. Felton got the carries today and looked pretty dang good running the ball. So I circle back to, I don't know where I land on Dearness Johnson. Like, if you want to keep an extra offensive lineman, because there's a lot of good ones on this roster. There's a lot of good good ones on this roster. Or you want to keep an extra defensive lineman because the roles aren't so defined yet there. Could you do that and save a roster spot by keeping Felton and using him how you want to use him, wide receiver or running back, but having him be your third running back instead of Dearness Johnson? It's a really intriguing question, I think. Is Dearness Johnson necessary? Browns coaches love him. He's good on special teams. He certainly is a very good runner. I think he could be a running back, too, for a number of teams in the league. Very talented. But with Felton showing that he can run the football and be that slot wide receiver weapon they want him to be, if somebody got dinged and he were asked to go tote the rock five to ten times in a game, could he do that? I, I tend to think yes. So does that make Dearness Johnson expendable? I think it does, but the question really is, do they value him enough to just to keep him anyways? And I and I think that's an important question to ask, is that's going to affect Kaderil Hodge, the fifth defensive tackle, the tenth offensive lineman, guys that we're looking at the end of this, the guys that are 52, 53, 54, on the outside looking in of this roster. And guys like Kaderil Hodge are right up against it right now, especially, and I didn't hear a lot about Davion Davis today. I know the offense moved the ball, but if Davion Davis continues to impress, is Hodge the odd man out? Odd man out. So that's what we talked about last night and looked at uh, thoroughly. But some notes from today's uh, joint practice with the Giants, by all accounts, went tremendously a lot of smack talk going on. Jabril Peppers uh, having some fun with Baker back and forth. So all that in good fun. Thank you so much for watching. Ken Rogers, incredible Emmy Award winning showrunner of Hard Knocks for years and years. Uh, he is just an incredible talent and fantastic to talk to. Uh, if you like NFL and you've not watched Hard Knocks, you're missing out. Tuesday nights on HBO. Um, you can stream it. You can watch it on HBO. Uh, and there's a podcast now too, and you can and you can listen to that as well, the Hard Knocks podcast. This is our Inside Hard Knocks 2021 with the one and only Ken Rogers, Vice President of NFL Films, show head of Hard Knocks on HBO, director of multiple ESPN 30 for 30s, and an Emmy Award winning. Uh, he talked about Steve Sable in the Hall of Fame. Ken keeps it up; he may go in the Hall of Fame under the same under the same thing. I mean. He's the guy that's run this thing forever, and, and it's incredible that we get him every year, and he's so gracious with his time. So uh, I did want to say before we go, go to alleyesoncleveland.com and become a member of alleyesoncleveland.com. If you like what we put out and you want to support what we're doing as we continue to grow and grow and you want to support us, we would love that. 
because we love what we do here for Browns fans and and this being part of this Browns media community or, or, or just the, the coverage community and we love what we do, all of us at All Eyes on Cleveland. Um, support All Eyes on Cleveland. Support the cause. Become a member uh, at alleyesoncleveland.com or in the description below. And uh, it would be oh so grateful for that contribution to the show and i want to say thank you uh right now to uh our first two membership holders or members of all eyes on cleveland uh you get exclusive content you get recognition on this show uh you get access really to ask me or anybody else uh on on staff questions whenever you would like uh but big thanks and shout out to uh our guys here Robert, Schalner, and Nick Farmer are very two uh, first members of All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, and, and huge thanks to them for uh, signing up and supporting uh, the content that we put out. We couldn't be more thankful for you guys. And uh, mad love. We appreciate it greatly, uh, both of you. And, and we hope for many more of you to do the same as soon uh, if you can. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Become a member. It's all, all eyes on Cleveland. Just, just like Troy Hill says every time, it's, it's all about all eyes on Cleveland. And uh, um, as uh, I look for my... We're all eyes on Cleveland. We here. Yeah. Huge thanks to... Um, Huge thanks to Ken Rogers as the Hard Knocks 2021 show went off uh, famously. He was excellent. And uh, I got, if you haven't signed up yet, sign up for the Cleveland Browns Discord. And there's an All Eyes on Cleveland uh, section in there. And I actually got a, a couple of people that wanted a question asked to Ken about Hard Knocks and was able to do so for them. So join the uh, Cleveland Browns Discord um and uh be part of that community as well um with that big thanks to mikey on the ones and dues twos knocking it out look for that interview tomorrow morning i'm going to catch up with nathan zagura we'll get that out uh and on saturday i'm going to have um cory kinnon finally we're going to catch up we're going to talk about joint practices in the game on sunday and Cammy Justice, Cameron Justice of WEWS Channel 5 News. We'll also catch up with her and get her thoughts on camp as she was there and knocking out the coverage as well. So we'll get Zagura and her, which were there. We'll get Corey's thoughts on everything. We're just going to keep covering things for you guys uh, the way you like it here at All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, and with that, we're going to get up and out of here. Have a wonderful evening. Knowing in your mind that the Browns dominated the Giants today in joint practice, and and you got to uh, watch a fantastic inside the Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks uh, 2021 season with the guy that runs the show, uh, the very one and only Ken Rogers. I'm Brad Ward. Mikey's on the ones and twos, and with that, we are out.